I had taken lessons and learned by the book, I would not play it all the way I do. Instead of reading a book, I wrote my own. Because of the things that I created technique-wise and whatever the way I play, they had to reinvent a whole new way to write music because they could not explain with regular notes what I was doing with this hand. So they had to create a whole new thing called tablature. It's something that if you're a musician, you just play until the day you die. You know, it's not like, you know, I can't wait to turn 65 and retire. It's not an ordinary job. You play music, you don't work it. But at times it can be hard work to be able to play it. R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. That's where I'm starting today. What a friggin' loss. It's like uh, part of the childhood gone, right? Who didn't love the mighty Eddie Van Halen? If you grew up in the 70s, 80s, he was our Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen guitar. God, God, did I love Eddie Van Halen. Van Halen, 1978, Van Halen won. I used to mow lawns for Van Halen cassettes. By 1984, when that record came out, it was just next level. And then um, I even made it through the uh, David Lee Roth, Sammy transition. Still love the mighty VH because of Eddie, because of Alex, because of Michael and uh, Michael Anthony. Saw Van Halen a handful of times down here in San Diego at the sports arena with Sammy. Just mind-blowing shows even though it was Sammy at the helm. I was always team DLR. But it uh, doesn't take away from Eddie's legacy and just uh, holy shit. (laughs) It's all I got right now. Hurts. This one hurts. Thank you to March and Ash. Marchandash.com, our sponsor. Uh, San Diego's premier cannabis dispensary. What? Yes, I said the C word. Uh, You can visit them, Mission Valley, Vista, out in Imperial County. If you're out east, otherwise coming to City Heights, Chula Vista, marchandash.com. You can go in store, check out their beautiful, their boutiques, I'll tell you, or uh, order online for delivery. They also do the curbside pickup. Also, thank you to Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance. If you find yourself traveling south of the border, Hook it up, BajaBound.com. I've got some friends. My buddy JT lives down there full-time now. My buddy uh, Mike Spangler, he's got a place. Go surfing down there. My buddy Scott uh, races down there, does those Baja, whatever, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, whatever thousand. Got a lot of friends who venture south still to take advantage of uh, Baja. They've got places, businesses, rec. Even though technically I think um, you're not allowed to visit for recreational activities, but uh, I don't know the laws. That's why I go to BajaBound.com. They have all the information up there regarding uh, border crossings and COVID and all that, and you can protect your belongings at the same time, BajaBound.com. Looking forward to talking to uh, AJ Machado, an old radio friend. We go back like 20 years, and he's got his new uh, platform, AJandSarah.com, and I couldn't be happier for dude. We're going to talk to AJ momentarily, but first, Tanya Mantooth, who is the CEO and artistic director of the San Diego International Film Festival, which has been reimagined 
2020 style, you know, happening online with drive-in movies. You can learn more at sdfilmfest.com. It starts October 15th and runs through the 18th. And Tanya, how we doing? Hey, I'm good, Chris. How are you? Wonderful, considering, you know, the circumstances in the world that we live in today, you know. I know. It's been a tough year, hasn't it? Super, super weird, but I'm so happy to hear that the San Diego International Film Festival is still going to go on and persevere in 2020, yeah? Absolutely. You know what? It was obviously when the whole world went on pause, you know, everyone's trying to figure out what to do, and we knew early on that, you know, we weren't going to go dark. We weren't going to take a pass on this year. We were going to stay in there, and uh, so we've spent the last five months reimagining everything. It was such an institution and has been in our community for years, but it involves obviously a lot of public gatherings, which can't happen. So how did you pivot? Well, it's interesting because we had to constantly pivot because just when we thought we saw how October would look, we could see the change. And so we were looking at options on options. And yes, you know, at the core, uh, a big part of our, our festival, our events, our gatherings. And so we had to, you know, we had to shift and still find ways to bring people together, but bring people together that was safe in this time. Yeah. And that's interesting that you say that because I am thinking back to like over the summer where you heard just traditional movie houses were exploring the, you know, opening with, the proper safety guidelines and check and did you have your eye on that like saying maybe there's a way we can show films on the big screen watching the movements of, of the bigger industry if you will uh, absolutely i mean uh, as time went on i figured mid-october we would be good to yeah. have uh you know a lower capacity theater viewing but something in a theater and then it became very clear that that was not the case but i started to explore other options as a as a secondary option very early on because we we needed to kind of go down all the paths at the same time yeah and what does that look like how are we going to pull this off we've got two two ways that we're that we're working this year one is we created uh, a drive-in movie so i knew that um that what i really needed to do was recreate that experience kind of in the heart of san diego so we partnered with westfield utc and we created our own drive-in movie experience and so during the festival everyone for the four days there will be a, a studio premiere uh every single night at our drive-in theater but what we talked about with westfield is you know what let's kick things off and kind of get the community back out and so we finished the last two weekends we were doing films that were kind of film favorites. And it was a way for us to kind of message out like, hey, this is a new experience. Come out and enjoy and, and a way to come back and be together. So, so we'll definitely have the drive-in experience during the festival. But then uh, we knew that we would, we would need to develop a, a virtual platform. Now, most of the festivals have gone virtual. Right. And one of the things I was most frustrated with all those platforms is there was no interactivity. And we were able to partner with uh, an incredible platform that they were both a movie streaming platform as well as an interactive age uh, company. And so what's cool about this is when you go in, you can actually interact with other people. So when you when you sit through Q&As and panels, you know who's sitting at your table. You can converse with them. You know, you can interact with the people who are being interviewed. How now cool. you can go back. And so it's it's very interactive. Obviously, it's a different experience, um, but I think I think people are open to it because 
ultimately, we're just trying to find ways to bring people together and, and continue having conversations around film. I agree. And it's interesting that we're talking about this subject because on my previous podcast, mm -hmm. I talked to uh, Cisco Adler, who's the son of the legendary Hollywood producer Lou Adler. And yes. Also owns the Roxy and what have you. And Cisco, <laughs> with uh, Donovan Frankenrider, started a music streaming platform for live for live music and it's called nocapshows.com and mm. what you just said we, we discussed on that on that podcast how it gets these people together who are like-minded they get to talk about art there's not trolls coming in to, <laughs> to, to disrupt the experience and uh it, it just creates this really healthy organic environment cool authentic environment Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's exciting. I got to check that out. That sounds fabulous. Yeah, it's essentially the same thing, but with live shows and live music, and you're doing it with film. Now, are people watching and chatting in real time with the movies, or this is just for the Q&As that you have? The the interactivity is around the Q&As and also the panels. Got it. And, and, but, and what we did on the film part is you can watch it in a schedule, or you literally can choose to go into a theater and watch any of the films on demand. Or you go into another theater and it's kind of like, I'm going to watch this film at one o'clock, see this Q&A. And so you, you literally click into different theaters in the cafe. We'll have filmmakers that will just be in the cafe just talking about their films. That's awesome. And, and I so love you can, this. I'm you all can in. Just interact. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm getting you in there. This is right up my alley. This is so cool because I love, I geek out on technology and just having like one-on-one -on -one experiences with filmmakers. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I got yeah. to do a, a Zoom call and take part in a group with the uh, with the Dodgers manager in San Diego and Dave Roberts. It was one of the coolest experiences I had during the pandemic. This is awesome. Oh, oh that's great. I love that. Yeah, it was just a group chat. I don't even know what it was about. It was like a mental health <laughs> chat. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm talking to the freaking skipper of the Dodgers. And it's the same thing with filmmakers. That's really yeah. cool. Or or as I mentioned with Cisco, musicians and it's I just love and I celebrate technology and online communities that are healthy, not divisive, trolly online communities. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And one of the things we wanted to do, you know, we've, you know, I've shared with you about our education program where we take films out into the high schools and we partner with San Diego Unified School District. And so this year I said to them, listen, how about if I give you day passes and you let your students come in, especially on some of the documentaries we have on civil rights and some of these uh, really kind of powerful social impact films is like let the students come in and watch the films listen to the Q&As and, and get involved in some of these kind of big global issues. Oh that's amazing now tell me who else is taking part or what other programs or films or Q&As do you have going on that people can look forward to? Well, kind of along that same line, one of the things that um, was really important was how to address the issue of what we're what we're facing right now with civil rights and social inequities. I bet. And and so what I saw two films come in that r r were really pretty remarkable because one was about Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy. And one was about Harry Belafonte and his relationship with Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King, because he was a big, um, you know, activist. And I didn't realize that about Harry Belafonte. Yeah, I didn't. And either. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, this is all around 1968 timeframe. 
looking at the civil rights and segregation issue from two different sides. And I thought, that's so interesting. Obviously topical, but Chris, as you know, they ha- those filmmakers had to start this film two and a half years ago. Right. And so yet, the timing's right impeccable. Now, <laughs> the, the timing is impeccable. So I thought, you know what? I've always, as the artistic director, it's been important for me to program in a way to bring people together as opposed to increase the divide. So it's like, let's start with what we can agree on. We can all agree that what happened in the 60s was wrong and segregation, how that was handled. So now let's start from a point of, of agreement and now let's explore you know, the other issues to yeah. see, you know, we've got to come together and have a conversation. So the panel in and around these two films is going to be moderated uh, by Leon Clark, who's the GM at Channel 10. And he is just an incredible uh, uh, spokesperson for this topic. And so he will be moderating this panel and really leading this, the, the discussion on how we can explore these topics and and be able to talk about them and try to find solutions together. So I'm really excited about that panel. And, and what about in the past? I know you've also attracted a lot of uh, A-list Hollywood types, the the Judd Apatows of the world, and what have you. Uh, are are you working with any celebrities or Hollywood? Uh, you know, you where you give out awards. Are you able to incorporate that, or did that have to get paused due to the pandemic? You know what? We decided to to pause on that. Uh, we knew if we were going to kind of create a new footprint virtually and a new footprint and drive-in, that we wanted to do that as well as we could and focus on that. And so, um, so we figured, well, we're just going to pause our celebrity tribute, Makes and hopefully sense. in twenty twenty one we'll yeah. be able to pick that back up. No, I get it. That falls under the whole woke. It, it, it just celebrating people at this juncture. We, we've got more important work to do, and it sounds like yeah. that's what your eyes on that ball. What other films should we be on the lookout for when it comes to the festival and put on our radars? Any other suggestions? Just because I do want to be involved and want to make sure I'm checking out the right stuff. Well, opening night, uh, we were able to secure uh, the premiere of Nomadland. Now, Nomadland is uh, Chloe Zhao's uh, film. Uh, just premiered at the Venice Film Festival, won um, the the top award there, the Golden Lion. Then it went on to the Toronto International Film Festival, where it just won the Audience Choice Award. Now, here's what's interesting about that award. That has been an indicator of either a Best Picture nomination or Best Picture win for seven out of the last 10 years. So it is, it is, it it stars Frances McDormand. Oh, I love... She is brilliant. In fact, it's interesting. This is this is kind of her pet project. She brought Chloe Zhao in. This was a film that she really wanted to make, and and this is this is a very layered film. It's very powerful. It's very powerful in its quietness, and her performance is unlike any other performance I've seen from an actress because you almost feel like you're living it with her, mm. and this is her life as opposed to she's playing a role. So this is a film that you. We'll think about for a long time. Absolutely. How cool. Any other ones you would recommend? Well, on the Saturday night at the drive-in, so that's opening night at the drive-in. Okay. On Saturday night, we have Blythe Spirit. So based on the Noel Coward play, it is so delightful. Stars uh, Judy Dench, uh, Leslie Mann, Judd Apatow's wife, Isla Fisher. It is, um, you know, obviously set in the '30s because it's based on his play. 
It is a delightful, delightful romp. And and what I one thing I love is when you take a play, you take the humor of the mid thirties and the great writing of Noel Coward, and it translates, and it's just as funny and just as perfectly written today. So I, I think everyone's going to enjoy that. So really working to kind of balance the, the 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 mood and the cinema experience this right. year and obviously you can have some light-hearted stuff and also attack and address the major issues at hand and at play yes exactly and the obvious now uh where can people so if people want to take part in the experience whether it's the the drive-through experience or the online experience and both or, or both uh what's the best way to access and get in just go to sdfilmfest.com, and and we've got a, kind of a variety of ways you can experience it and a lot of different past levels, and we've really tried to make it quite affordable for people because we know it's a tough time, and so it's it's uh you know we, we want to make it accessible for as many people as possible so i think everybody can find whatever works for their budget and get to see some great films yeah and important to note i went to the site as well and it's easy to navigate and the user experience is on point so don't be intimidated by the technology uh get involved and uh it's a new chapter and i i'm all about it and congratulations uh, a lot of work goes into it. I know that, especially especially with what we're dealing with today. It's it's crazy. So I, I commend you, Tanya. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate that. Thank you to Tanya Mantooth, the artistic director, CEO of the San Diego International Film Festival. And again, it starts... October 15th, runs through the 18th. Learn more at sdfilmfest.com. Before I join a Zoom here with AJ Machado, longtime San Diego radio personality and currently runs AJ and Sarah Radio, I do want to thank Ponce's Mexican Restaurant for being a tremendous resource in my community. Love the Margs. (laughs) And uh, Ponce's locations in Kensington, Right there on Adams Avenue. Been there for over 50 years. Uh, Del Sur. And uh, currently open for takeout, delivery, and they do have outdoor dining. And uh, your safety is very important to the Ponce's family. And they thank you for your continued support. And uh, we hope you join them. Again, uh, I love their margs. The the Rocio, that's what my wife gets because it's kind of like a skinny margarita. But I love their classic, uh, what, what is it called? Like the Falco or the uh, Flaco, Flaca, I think, or Falca, Flaca, fuck it. Who knows? It's PonceysRestaurant.com for more. And again, locations in Kensington, Del Sur, and uh, one of my favorite spots. I got to get myself a new T-shirt. They have a new anniversary T-shirt where the family is, uh, they're all wearing masks and it's, it looks awesome. It's funny. All right, AJ Machado via Zoom. What is up, my brother? How are you? I'm well, and I uh, I couldn't be happier for you, bud. How's life treating you right now that you've got AJ and Sarah? Is it AJandSarahRadio.com or AJandSarah.com? It's AJandSarah.com is the website. And uh, yeah, as you know, I, I, you know, I got blown out from my corporate radio gig. Uh, 
most people in radio have been there before. Uh, and then COVID hit. And I said, you know what, if I'm going to get back on the radio, I'm going to have to build my own radio station, which seems insane and weird. But yeah. we, we pulled it off and it's, it's live as of Monday. So it's a full service music radio station and we're doing the morning show. Yeah. And before we talk about the actual radio station itself, sure. I'd, love, I'd love to talk about what the process was for you as far as building it. I, I, I kind of know the answer because we talked a lot through the process, but uh, it wasn't something that happened overnight. No, not at all. As you know, when you, uh, when you leave a radio job, everyone you know, everyone you've ever met says the same thing as if they're the only person that has that idea. They say, you should start a podcast. <laughs> um, and podcasts are awesome. And we're probably going to do some podcasting. But I just had, you know, the, the, where radio is, it was weird because I had a pretty long, pretty good career and didn't expect to be blown out. But when I did, I was just like, I might actually be done. There might not be any more gigs. So yeah. um, I'm going to build this thing. And uh, if, it's, if, if all it is, it's kind of a victory lap so I can end on my own terms rather than when some manager decided I was done for me, then, then that's fine. But that, that's, that was the motivation. Like I wanted to, I had no idea my job was on the line. I came in on a regular Wednesday and all of a sudden, you know, they're like, you're done. And I, yeah. I, I was like, that, that can't be the end. So that, it, that's the motivation. And, and that wasn't your question. The question was how, but I just figured it out one thing at a time. It does, yeah. it, it does exist, you know? Well, the motivation and what, what really led you to the process or to this point is a lot of the story and has a lot to do with the narrative as to where the industry is today. And you could have gone several directions. You could have pivoted completely out of the industry, uh, become cynical or more cynical in my case, <laughs> um, <laughs> turned your back on the industry, or you did what I think is the right noble thing, which is you use this as, a, as an opportunity and to step outside of your comfort zone and build something that is your own opposed to you relying on that paycheck or the man where they're in control of your destiny. Now you're in control of it no matter where it goes. Yeah. You know, at the same time, you know, it's a, it is a tough time to be a radio talent. Uh, and to my many friends who still are, I'm wishing you all the best, but when you kind of come up out of that water and you look around the world, you're like, it's not a bad time to be someone who create content, right? There's all these platforms now looking around for the next big podcast, the next big streaming show. And, you know, I think that's what, what, you know, you do both, I guess you kind of keep an eye on the radio industry in case there's a, a another entrance door. Yeah. But you'd, you'd stop looking at yourself as a radio personality and, and, and as a content creator. Absolutely. And you've launched this online platform and soon to be empire. Let, let's call it that because I know it's going to succeed, my friend. And uh, I just, again, I think it's such a bold and beautiful thing that you're doing, putting you and your partner out there and, and building this new community and this new area to get content. And tell us about the content that you are putting out there. And then I, then I want to delve a little deep into the radio discussion and we'll talk about our careers a little bit. For sure. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a radio station. It's, it's kind of musically, 
you're familiar. You're going to know everyone knows Bruno Mars and Katy Perry and Justin Timberlake and Imagine Dragons. And there's some 80s and some 90s. It's a lot more variety than you'd probably even try to do on a terrestrial station. But then the morning show is, uh, and we've only done three shows, so I can't tell you what it's going to evolve into. <laughs> but but our hope is it's the show. Sarah and I didn't work together for most of my career. We were paired up a few years ago. And we really like working together. But it, at that point in radio, it was very, you need to do this and do that and make sure you do this. And they give you this laundry list of things you had to accomplish in every break. But you need to do it in two and a half minutes. Right. And we always felt so rushed. And so, uh, you know, it's going to be the show we, we were doing, but where we can breathe. And we can take, hey, that, you just said something interesting that goes in a little bit of a different direction. Let's, let's talk about it. Instead of just point A to point B, get to the commercials, get to the songs. Um, so if, if people grew up listening to you or I, and I know people listen to us both, it's, it's going to sound more like the show you listened to when I was AJ's Playhouse and you were Brand X Radio than the show you've been listening to for the last few years because it's just two human beings having a conversation. Yeah, which is, uh, which is the way, obviously, it should be. And to me, that's why podcasting has scaled and digital media has moved and progressed at the speed that it has because I really, truly believe people do want those authentic, real, natural conversations. We've preached it for years, but now it's really showing, it's showing its results. It's showing that people prefer that over what you were just talking about. These little bite-sized rushed pieces of content. Even when I put on, I was just listening the other day, I was with my dad in the car and he had Sirius on, you know, and anytime you lose a radio gig, you know, this people say, uh, satellite radio gotcha, huh? And it's like, no, it's satellite radio has been around forever. Yeah. It's, I believe that the type of content that people want is what got us. But uh, I was listening to satellite radio with my dad in the car and this DJ, you know, you, you listen to other performers and talent and he just did this whole setup about something and it had this cheesy payoff and here's Pat Benatar and went right into the song. And I'm like, that's just as formulaic as the garbage that we had to do on terrestrial radio. It's happening on satellite now is my point. Yeah, it's interesting that people think it's satellite or that it's podcast. It's, it, in reality, uh, radio is kind of like the Freddy Krueger of media. I mean, it just kept coming back. You know, it was literally the invention <laughs> of the, the movie was supposed to kill radio, and then TV was supposed to kill radio, You're and right. the internet was supposed to kill radio, and then the iPod was supposed to kill radio, and, and people stuck with it. But, you know, the kind of content that you know, people were doing 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it didn't go away. It's just moving to other platforms for the, right. for the most part. And that, and I will say there's still some great talent on the radio doing good shows. I'm not, no question. You can't do it or it's not being done. Yeah. It's, it, it becomes increasingly difficult. Um, partially because of the people in charge, but partially because of the way the rating system works and everything, not to get yeah. too inside baseball. No, but I think people love hearing this stuff. I also think it's important to note that the guy I'm talking to right now, he lost his job. This is pre-COVID when he was the number one show or one of the number one shows in town, right? It's not like you were number 20 and they had to make a change. You're performing at the top of your game within this box and you still get cut. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's it's a cra it's a it's a wild world and and it's continuing to happen at the big companies nationwide on, on a very just across the board level you know um, yeah yeah it's not it, i don't know i 
It's, it is what it is. Yeah. It, it, there was a time when if you had a certain amount of ratings and certain amount of heritage, if you've been in the market a long time, uh, you weren't bulletproof, but it meant something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it still does for some, there's some shows still in the market that are, you know, have been on for a long time. Another great show, Jagger and Chrissy have been a long time. They do really great. Um, you know, there's, there's, I, I don't want to ever come off like I'm, I'm crapping on the people that are, are still no doing way. this, but, um, yeah, it's, it's no longer, uh, a bulletproof vest to, to have heritage or, or ratings. Absolutely. Now tell me as far as this new show you're doing, is it, uh, is it awkward? Is it weird putting yourself out there? You've got cameras on you. You're doing the show on all these different social platforms. You're, you know, you've got a lot that you're carrying. How are you handling it? Cause I struggle with it at times. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. Now, you know what, honestly, we've done three shows and, you know, I've been in a radio studio my whole career where I hit the microphone button and talk. Right. And so logistically the goal is to do that relaxed, authentic, um, you know, not self-indulgent. I want, it's always about connecting with the listener, but, but to do that kind of show that we're talking about. But if I'm being honest this week, I'm just running these protocols of like, (laughs) is the streaming thing running? Have I hit this button? And I'm failing daily like every day there's been at least one absolute disaster and then that gets into your head so i want to get to the point where the crazy thing protocol i have to do before in every break becomes as normal as hitting a microphone so i can concentrate on yeah on the actual breaks but it's, it's getting there we're having fun but you know if i'm being totally honest this is a week of just just it, it's, it's maddening you know i'm sure you've got your family behind you behind those closed doors how has the wife uh, responded to this and you taking this step because I know that's something that sometimes my wife is like, I thank God I, I commend her support, but I can also read her thoughts sometimes like, what is this guy friggin' doing? No, I, uh, I gotta say, man, boy, did I marry right. I, you know, that day when I was blown out, I didn't see it coming from a mile away. Like I said, the show was doing good. There was no reason to think it was coming. So it was a complete shock. And of course I called my wife, you know, on my way to the car, uh, but I'll never, I just drove in to my driveway and walked in kind of waiting for her to be panicked or concerned. Like, what are we going to do? And she just didn't blink. She was like, you know, nothing but awesome. And here we go. We'll figure this out. And, um, you know, has continued to be awesome. So, um, you know, sometimes you go into being an entrepreneur or something cause it's, uh, you're, you're, you just want to. And other times you're like, well, here I am. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, she's, she's been, thankfully she's been awesome cause it's been crazy. And, it, and it's, and it's honestly, and you know this cause you and I have talked throughout the process, but I thought this thing was going to be up and running by like June, you know, that's how yeah. these things go. So it wasn't just, I support the idea, but I'm not rolling my eyes when it's going into July and August and, and uh, September and beyond to try to get off the ground. Yeah. And you have Sarah on board, which is obviously a beautiful thing. And it reminds me, as you mentioned, you just recently joined forces and it, your connection with Sarah reminds me of my connection with Merrill. There's a lot of parallels there. There's been so many parallels as it relates to our career. And I feel like here's another one. We're both operating in the digital space and we're working with uh, these women who, who empower us, that we respect. There's mutual love and uh, we enjoy the content that we create together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There are a lot of parallels. And I think there's something to be said for, um, I've been really lucky with the talent I've I've been lucky to work with uh, throughout my career. But oftentimes in radio, it's the boss going, here's your new co-host or 
or, you know, here's the two co-hosts you have to choose from, or there's an agenda within the building. And to be at a point where I was when I was uh, making a move at that time to, to Kixie, uh, and they said, you know, find out a co-host. And I, I kind of having enough career behind me to know I, I need to gel with them. Yeah. certainly first and foremost on the air, but I need to be able to trust them and have, and it was just, Oof, there's I, so I many there's, layers, so many layers when it comes to working with people in this industry. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm super thrilled with Sarah for the same reason. You're probably super thrilled with Meryl, which is partially that we got to choose them at a time where we were allowed to choose and we, Correct. we knew what to look for, you know, you're and so I'm right. Super lucky. Yeah. You're spot on there. Now for people who do or want to check you out, what's the best way? Just going to ajandsarah.com, um, search in the app. I would imagine all of the above, but going to the website, signing up for the newsletter, downloading the app, anything else I'm missing? Yeah, ajandsarah.com. You can stream live right from there and everything's on demand. So if you're a podcast person, it's essentially a podcast once the show's over. Uh, same is true in the iPhone app. Unfortunately, the Google Play Store is is being very difficult. So that it's a mess. That store is a mess just yeah. for what it's worth. I've had issues with it. So if you're an Android user, you know, I can't, don't have it for you yet, but it's on uh, the Apple store and then your smart speakers. But I keep telling people because it, like, I'm a very, I have a smart speaker, I have an Alexa, but I just use it to like, you know, play my music or whatever. Yeah. So you're used to the big companies, the big radio companies already have paid tons of money to have their stuff automatically work. Uh, if you don't do that, then your skill has to be turned on. So if you right. have an Alexa device, you have to take out the app, search in these skills, like it's, which is like searching for an app, and then turn on AJ and Sarah Radio. Then after that, you can just, for the rest of your life, tell the speaker to play the show or the station. Got it. So you have to take that extra step first. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, but that, lots of ways to listen. And, and I'm so grateful for you, not just for your friendship for the last 20 years, um, and certainly your ear during these times. And we've both talked to each other when we've both gotten our nuts kicked by radio, which has happened enough times. Um, but certainly this year, um, and, and having me on right now, because that's the second heavy lift, right? The first lift is building the platform. And then you realize, you know this, Chris, when people launch actual radio stations, they spend tens of th hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases. Hundreds of thousands. Billboards, TV ads, all of these things that I'll never have. So I'm I got to do this in a gorilla way too. I have to go on my friend's podcast and I have to get my listeners to share on social media. And right now I'm sure a fraction of a 10th of 1% of San Diego even knows what I do exists. And so <laughs> it's, that's the really I feel hard you, part. buddy. Yeah. No, I understand. I, every day I, I encounter people like, Hey, you still on the radio or I, I love your show. And it's like, no, no. Right. Or how do I access you and it's it's hard to get that information out there especially when people are there's a lot of clutter and there's a lot of things coming across their screens that uh takes them their eye off the ball and when you're producing something as genuine and as positive as uh what you and sarah are doing it deserves to be heard it deserves to be supported i'm as equally as thankful to you when it comes to our friendship and our relationship i appreciate you being there for me thick and thin with no judgment over the years. And uh, that means the world to me, man. And I think too often in our industry, other personalities are, um, they're resistant sometimes to support one another or lift one another. And uh, that's never been the case with us. We've always put egos, careers aside. And have, oh, from my vantage, have always been there for each other. And I'm so thankful to have that relationship with you, man. Yeah, I, I am too. And I, I think a lot of it is we just, you know, 
became friends for the same reason that people become friends. We just got, you know, got each other or like-minded in some ways. But also when I came to town, we were kind of in the same boat, you know, in San Diego in the early 2000s, it was Jeff and Jer country, all respect to Jeff and Jer, and it was DSC country. And anyone else that was turning on a microphone was treated like they were flying a suicide mission. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, why are you, I mean, I was coming from a medium-sized market. And when I was telling my friends, oh, I got San Diego, I was so excited because first of all, what a city to live in. Um, And it was a big market. And every radio friend I had was like, you're a dead man walking. You're going to go where You're those right. two shows are. And yep. so when, when you were doing 91X, Brand X Radio at and the time. And then you throw Howard Stern in the mix indicated yeah. at the time. It was the same thing. You were, a, I think that was, you're right, probably the ultimate connection. We were two underdogs. Right. That were, we, you, you came from a smaller market. I came from San Diego State. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, from day one, I think we, we were in that weird uphill battle and living in those shadows. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's wild to, to watch watch it all change. And, uh, and, you know, I'm nothing but optimistic for, for you and, and my, my other talented radio friends who are uh, out there just finding a way and doing their own thing because man, there, there's never, there's never been less radio gigs, but there's never been more. Even the radio companies are more busy looking for the next big podcast to put on their, their platforms than they are looking for talent to put on their radio stations. So yep. it's about just keeping creating things and, and, and uh, doing what you've always done, which is just try to, you know, service an audience, give them something, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, we do, you know, we do something called feel good news, something to, take you out of this crap year we're in or a laugh or a yep. connection or whatever it is. Exactly. Take you away from that noise that comes across your feed, as I mentioned earlier. And it's important if you're ever wondering what's the best way, if you're listening right now, how to support people like uh, AJ or myself, there's really no, there's no money involved. It's, it's just you hitting that subscribe button and you signing up for a newsletter and just being part of the family and the movement, whether it's ajandsarah.com or it's uyewonline.com. Interact, engage, share, subscribe, comment, review, that's how you show your loyalty. That's how you show your support. And that means so much. I'm speaking for myself, but I would imagine to you as well, right? Yeah, that's by far the biggest challenge is, is especially when, when you and I are doing this in the city where we've been in a long time and there are people that might want to listen to something that we make or do, but, but have no idea we're doing it. That, yep. That's, you know, on day three, that's what I'm looking at right now is how, cause, because radio, when you talk about, it's surviving the, the, the invention of the movie and the TV and cable and, and internet, everything that was supposed to kill it. I, I hate to admit this, but I've, I've thought this for a long time. It didn't survive all of those things because it's so great. I love radio. It's been what I've done my whole life. And I think there has been great things done on the radio, but that's not why it survived. When cable came out, it killed broadcast TV because TV is something you sit down at night, you turn on your favorite show, you watch it, and you're engaged. Radio is a thing where you set your five presets in your car 10 years ago. You never even think about... You don't ever That's flip true. through the channels on the radio. Do you ever hit search on the radio no. to see if there's any new channels? People no. don't find you. And I've, I've even, you know, one of the stations I worked at here in San Diego, I left a, a really successful show and I went to launch a new station. It was Energy 1037. It was a top 40 station. And they didn't put those billboards up and they yeah. didn't spend the money on that ad campaign. And I spent five years on the radio uh, in a city where I had previously had really, you know, good ratings and audiences. 
and having people come up to you at the store all the time going, hey, man, didn't you used to be on the radio? You ever got to yeah. get back? So I know, man, getting people to even know you're doing what you're doing is, is that's the lift, man. That's I the- know. And that's why it was so even relating it to my personal experience. And you mentioned the billboards thing. That's why it was such a shock to me when I got blown out because I watched firsthand this radio station and this media company invest in that 100.7 San Diego frequency and branding. And we saw the results and uh, just to make it disappear overnight, especially while we were having great success. And then in the midst of that, that's when you lost your job. And it's so funny. I'll let listeners in on a little insider thing, which is I knew that I was a dead man walking and out of a gig. But to show you the relationship that AJ and I have, I was actually rooting for him to get my job while I was still on the air at that station. Fact, absolute fact. And it was, you know, it was almost uncomfortable when you tell me that because you were, you, you knew your time was numbered and you're like, I hope you're I was done. replacement. And what do I say I to that? I hope you're my guy. <laughs> uh, that was incredibly <laughs> gracious. Uh, uh, but, but look. Uh, here we are. Here, here we, we are. are. Here we are making our own things and still, uh, and still getting it done. Amen. AJ and Sarah.com. Listen, support, subscribe, comment, review. Do you. The Cantori Show.